She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. She just won't stop the stitching, and the neighbors say it really is quite sad. Hi, this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting podcast. Welcome to episode two. I just wanted to give a special thanks to everyone who has um, commented on the last podcast or sent me a message on Ravelry. I got some really nice comments, and as I already told some of you, I really appreciate it. When you put out a podcast, you wonder, is anyone really going to listen to this? So to get the, the feedback was really nice, and also it's very motivating. It motivates me to keep going with this. So thank you very much. It's very much so appreciated. So why waste time? Let's get right in to talking about knitting. 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 Well, a lot has happened um, with my knitting since I last recorded. Some good, some not so good. Well, the first thing that happened was that was kind of disappointing is that I got a rejection letter. Actually, my third rejection letter from Nitty.com. You see, at the beginning of the year, I made it a goal to submit a new pattern design for every season. So I submitted one in January, again in March, and then again in, I think, March, and then again in July. And all three have been denied. So that was kind of sad. So since I've last recorded, I got my third rejection letter. And in fact, I was kind of a little bit surprised because with my first two submissions, they were pretty easy patterns. And when I got the le- the rejection letter, I wasn't, I was disappointed, but I wasn't really surprised because I knew that they were just really easy. But the last one I had really high hopes for. So when I got that letter, I was pretty sad. Um, What I had submitted was a pattern for a really pretty pair of socks, and I named the pattern Amelie, A-M-E-L-I-E, and um, it's just this really pretty lace pattern, and the reason why I thought that it was going to be accepted is that I wrote the pattern to include three different methods of sock knitting, so I wrote the pattern for double pointed needles, for um, two circular needles, and for one circular needle, or the magic loop technique. So I thought that was really cool because a lot of patterns don't include instructions for all different types of sock knitting. So I thought that that would set me apart. Plus the photos that I had were really nice. A wonderful friend of mine, Audrey, used to be a professional photographer. So she took the pictures for me, and I think they turned out really good. So I know it wasn't that. Well, I don't really know exactly why they didn't accept it, but they didn't. Oh well. And I don't know if I want to try again for the winter issue. I don't really know if I want to put myself through this again, so I might just be done with trying to design for Nitty.com. I'm a little burnt out. That last design took me an entire month of knitting and charting and writing the pattern, so I don't really feel like doing that again anytime soon. So that was that, but if you'd like to see the pattern, it's available on my blog now for purchase. 
so you can just go to my blog at nevernotknitting.com if you want to check it out. It's also on Ravelry. So besides that, I finished my Giselle top. And I'm really excited about it. I really like the top. It turned out really good. And again, there's pictures on my blog of that if you want to check it out. The yarn worked out really nice. It has a beautiful drape. It fits well. It's, it's just really, really pretty. But let me tell you, it was a pain. It was really, really big pain to knit. Um, last time we spoke, well, shall I say last time I spoke to you, I had mentioned that I was really bored of the fact that I was just doing stockinette stitch forever and ever on the body, and I thought that that was the worst part, but yeah, I had no idea what I was in for. The border that I had to do, yeah, that was insane. The reason why it was so awful is that I had to pick up stitches for the entire, the entire perimeter of the top, so it's a wrap top, so so around the neckline, down one side, around the back, up the other side, and then meeting up again at the neck. And I had to pick up 476 stitches, evenly spaced, mind you. So you can just imagine how long that took. I couldn't believe it. It was it was awful. But Maybe I'm making a big deal about it. I mean, you guys probably don't mind picking up those stitches, right? I mean, you'd pick up 476, no problem. Right? Right, guys? Yeah, that's what I thought. So after I had to pick up all the stitches, I had to purl around, and then I had to bind off using the Pico Edge bind off method and that took forever too. That was even maybe worse than picking up the stitches. It took f two full evenings just to bind the top off. And not to mention that that little pico trim that goes around the entire top took an entire skein of yarn just for the edging. So that was kind of really a big pain and I don't know if I would have done the top if I would have really thought about that edging that I had to do because it was it was awful. I could have left the edging off but I really liked the way it looked in the picture. It really finished it off and gave it an, a really a, just a nice finished look and a cute little feminine detail. I really like I really like Pico edging anyways so I decided to do it. Halfway through I was wondering if it was worth it but yeah, I just finished the job. And now I love it, but doing it was really bad. Also, I was a little concerned as I was making that Pico Edge because the Seduce yarn is a little irregular. Like some parts are a little thicker than others. It's kind of like a kind of reminds me of say like knitting with a like a rustic silk yarn or something. It was just it's a little knobby in parts. And so I was afraid that those picots were not going to lay nice or some were going to be bigger than others and it kind of is a little bit like that but blocking did wonders for it and it looks so much better after being blocked. So all in all I'm happy with it but I don't know if I would knit it again. 
So aside from Giselle, I've been working on my other projects as well. The reason why I just rushed through and finished Giselle is because the Scarlet Skin is having the knit along for August and September. I mentioned that in the last episode. And we're going to be making the Retro Redux Shrug. And so the idea of having the Giselle top, the socks, my dad's sweater, and the shrug all going at one time was really stressing me out. Remember I told you about the guilt? So I just had to get something done. So I just finished the Giselle top real quick and I'm glad that I made a deadline for myself because I just got it done and that was really nice. So aside from that, I have been working on the sweater for my dad and I'm not working on it really hardcore because it's a little boring. It's just um, a ribbed pattern for now. So it's not very exciting to work on. So I kind of just take it in the car with me or keep it as a project to work on if I'm, say, really, really tired or if I just have a few minutes just to pick something up and put something down real quick. But it's it's growing. It's maybe, I've maybe got 10 inches on it or so on the back. I really went through a stage where I became obsessed with those evening stockings I was telling you about. So I knit a whole bunch on that. I just knit for a few days straight just on those evening stockings. And I got the leg done. Well, kind of I got the leg done because I did the entire pattern for the leg, but I tried it on and it's way too short. So that was disappointing. I actually stayed up till two in the morning one night because I really wanted to get the leg done because I was really excited about it. And then after trying it on and it being too short, I got discouraged and I haven't picked up those socks since. I was really surprised it was so short. It's supposed to be a knee-high stocking and, it, and, it's, and it's maybe like five inches from my knee. It's really, it's really, really short. I saw that some other people in Ravelry had said that it was too short, but I thought, oh, it can't be too short on me because I'm only 5'1", so you know, how long can my legs be, right? So, but it was still really, really short, so I'm going to have to do many more repeats of the pattern to make it work. I think one lady had said that she had done 10 more repeats, and I'm thinking that's about right, but I'm kind of afraid to do all those extra repeats because then I'm afraid I'm going to run out of yarn and not, not be able to get the right dye lot. You know the story. So I'm not really sure if I'm going to make them the full length or not. I'm not quite sure what to do with them yet, but... Aside from that, I, I love them. They're so pretty, and the yarn is was a really good choice. I was not sure about it at first, but it turned it's turning out really well. I'm using Panda Silk for that project, and uh, it has a really nice sheen and stitch definition, and it's not fuzzing up a lot, which I really like. I hate it when, as you knit on something, the part that you just knit is all fuzzy and can't see the stitches as well, so so far this hasn't done that, which I really appreciate. I also went ahead and started the Retro Redux Shrug as soon as I got Giselle off the needles, and that is going really, really quick. I allowed two months for the knit along, but I'm thinking that one month will be plenty of time. I know that I could get it done in a week easily, maybe even four days. It's really, really quick. So if you're thinking about joining the knit along with us. I, I recommend doing it. It's a really fast project, real easy to get done. You could just knock it out in 
a week, no problem. In fact, one of the ladies already finished hers. It goes that quickly. But that's going well. It's turning out really cute. I'm, I'm okay with my yarn choice. Black is a bit boring, but you know, it'll be nice and versatile. Plus I'm using yarn from my stash, which is nice because that kind of hardly ever happens. So it's good that I'm using something that I have. So I've already gotten one sleeve and the back done on that. So I just have to finish up one more sleeve and then do the ribbed edging around it and I'll be done, so probably within a week. Now, I have to admit, I have been slacking on my blog, putting up pictures of my new projects, so if you'd like to see pictures of these, I'm hoping to get uh, pictures up within the week. So be sure to check back on my blog if you'd like to see the progress on these projects. So the other day, I went to work and I was complaining to some of the ladies about how my knitting was really getting me down and I was feeling really burnt out and sad about knitting. In fact, the day before, I'd gotten home from work and my daughter and my husband were out and that would normally be prime knitting time to be alone in the house, but I didn't even want to knit. I just sat there and the thought of knitting was, I just didn't want to do it. It was weird. I never feel like that. And I think it's because after picking up those 476 stitches on that Giselle top, I also had to do this major seaming project for somebody. If you don't know me from the shop, um, I'm, I must explain to you that another part of my job is that people hire me to put together their sweaters and to, say, fix their sweater or whatnot. So. Lately I've been getting a lot of seaming jobs, and I don't mind them, but then when you do a bunch in a row it gets really tiring and tedious. And the reason why I don't like doing these jobs is because it's very common for me to get a big sweater that has, say, some irregularities. And what I mean by that is one side is a few rows longer than the other side and so forth. So when you're seaming, the, the sides don't necessarily always match up correctly and when you're seaming it, it can pucker on one side and that just drives me crazy. So I would love to give them their sweater that's nice and smooth and no puckers and no problems, but that's really hard to do if it's, if it's irregular in any way. So that usually involves me ripping it out, reseaming it, ripping it out, reseaming it, and it can just be a really long process. So I had one of those sweaters to do. So between that sweater and the Giselle top, I was just really burnt out. In fact, every night when I would go to bed and I'd um, look in the mirror and wash my face, my eyes were just bloodshot because I guess I was just concentrating on these projects so hard. So I was kind of went through a little knitting slump. But it didn't last long. As soon as I got that sweater out of the way, my Giselle top done, oh, what a relief. So I've just been working on that Retro Redux shrug. And since that's so easy and fast moving, it's kind of gotten me back and into the swing of things and I'm, I'm liking my knitting again. So now I'd like to share with you all some of my knitting fantasies. <laughs> Because I work in a yarn store, I'm surrounded by new books, new patterns, new yarns all the time. 
not to mention all of the beautiful projects that the customers bring in that they're working on. So as you can imagine, this poses a few problems for me. It's hard for me because I would love to start a new knitting project every day because I am so over-inspired by all of the beautiful materials that I see. To kind of keep myself on track, I just like to think of these projects as knitting fantasies because that way I can just think about them and the ones that I really can't stop thinking about I buy, but some of them I just kind of get over after a while or find a project that I like better. So today I'd like to share with you some of these projects that I just can't get off my mind. I realized when I was putting together this podcast that there are a whole lot of projects and patterns that I like and would like to start right away. So I decided to narrow it down to five sweaters for this podcast just so that I'm not going on and on and on about this. So these are my top five sweaters right now that I'm really into. And I really should explain before I get into this that I really don't need to buy yarn for any more sweaters, okay? I have a problem, kind of a big problem, and it's in my garage, and it involves several plastic bins of yarn. In fact, I must admit, I think I have 20 projects worth of yarn at least, and maybe 10 of those projects are huge sweaters, so like large amounts of yarn, like up to maybe 2,000 yards of yarn per project. It's really, really bad. Okay, so I don't need to buy any more yarn. And I am using up the stash a little bit at a time, but definitely more yarn is coming in than going out. It's really sick, I know. I, I don't know. I work in a yarn store, that's my excuse. So anyways, on to the sweaters. Number one, I am really in love with the surf hoodie. I think it's called the Apres Surf Hoodie. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It's A-P-R-E-S. And that was in the Interweave Summer 2008 issue. I wasn't in love with the last issue of Interweave, the summer issue, but I did really like this pattern. I thought it was really cute. And of course I saw all the projects on Ravelry and they're all just adorable. Since I'm really enjoying working with the Panda Silk Sock Yarn for my evening stockings, I thought that th that yarn would be perfect for the surf hoodie because it's bamboo and it's not fuzzing up, good stitch definition, it's really cute. And the Scarlet Skein had this really pretty light green color and I'm just a sucker for green. I want to make everything in green. So I kind of set that yarn aside. So if I decide to do this surf hoodie, I'll be set. So that's a really nice pattern, and of course I'm going to put links to all of these patterns in the show notes for this podcast. The other pattern that I've been seeing a lot lately on Ravelry is Liesel by Ysolda Teague, and it's a really cute little sweater pattern. I guess you can make it um, like a longer sleeve and longer sweater up to like kind of a shrug. I think you can modify the pattern. She, she probably shows you how to modify the pattern for each style. So there's like a short version, a longer version, and like a 
full sleeve, full length version. And it's really cute. So it looks like a feather and fan pattern. It's real lacy and uh, open. And it looks like just a perfect summer, spring sweater to throw over a cute tank top or dress. And I've been thinking about maybe using some yarn from my stash to make it. I have a large amount of Carabella Aurora 8 yarn in red, and I thought that would be really cute because I've been seeing a lot of these Liesel sweaters in red. But ideally, I'd like to make it in another yarn we have at the shop called Cascade Venezia. That's my new, it's my new yarn obsession. And actually three of these sweaters that I'm gonna mention I want to make in that yarn because it just looks really nice. It's really pretty. If you haven't seen it, you should come by the shop and check it out or look it up on Ravelry. And of course I'll put a link to it in the show notes. So aside from Liesel, oh there's this other sweater, number three, that I've been looking at for a long time, maybe six months now, and I first heard about it on the Stash and Burn podcast, and I immediately looked it up and it, it's just it's just exactly my style. It's everything that I like in a sweater. It's got really cute detailing. It's it's just adorable. So I actually bought some yarn for it up at Stitches West this year and I'm not sure if I want to still use that yarn. I'm afraid of how the yarn will wear but I got some Elspeth Levold Angora yarn for it in this pretty bright green that it was on it was on sale for 50% off so I might use that for it. I really want to make this sweater I hope to make it this year it's really cute it's got a little peplum in the back and lace detailing on each side it's a cardigan and has little flary sleeves that end at the elbows it's really sweet the next sweater pattern I actually just discovered today a customer Nancy just brought it in and it is just it was really cute. She's working on it for her daughter. It's this little short sleeve. It's kind of like a sweater top. And I'd never really paid attention before on Ravelry. I think I had heard of it, but then when I saw it being worked up, of course, I became obsessed. And maybe part of the reason why I began fantasizing about this top is because she was using my new favorite yarn, Cascade Venezia. But also, it looks like a really cute pattern. That sweater top is called green gable top by zephyr style it's looks it's available on ravelry it's available for purchase i think it's five dollars or 550 and it's really cute it has a nice lace detailing on the top yoke part of the sweater and then the bottom is stockinette stitch and it looks like it's worked all in the round and when she showed me out of the venezia yarn she chose red and it was just the stitches were shown off really well, and it looks like a top that I would just wear all the time. And I think that it looks easy enough and quick enough that I might just suggest it for the next knit along that we have, probably starting in September, because I don't think that this retro redux rug is going to take long for anybody. So I'm going to suggest that on the Scarlet Skeiners group. And this brings me to my final sweater knitting fantasy the biggest knitting fantasy of all time. This sweater is maybe the most beautiful sweater that has ever been designed. It's amazing. I've never seen a sweater like it or a sweater that I've liked more. 
when I first saw the book and saw the sweater, I knew instantly that I was going to make it. There was no hesitation. I didn't have to think about it. I just knew I'm going to make this sweater for myself. It's just stunning. And this sweater is called the Winter Wonderland Coat. It's out of the book Inspired to Knit that just came out. And if you've never seen this coat, just please, please go press pause and go look at it because it's really, really amazing. Now, I know that I don't need any more sweater projects or any more yarn, but I really, really like this sweater and I know that Cascade Venezia would be a beautiful yarn for it. There's a lot of speculation over what yarns would be the best to work it in. It's weird because the pattern calls for alpaca yarn, which my experience was with alpaca is that it loses its shape and stretches over time, and this looks like a really heavy coat. So I'm kind of wondering why they chose alpaca. And I'm not sure what yarn would be the best or lightest, but I think that the Cascade Venezia would really show off all of that stitch detailing on the coat. And for those who don't know what coat it is, it is a beautiful long coat with cables and baubles all over it. It's, it's just gorgeous and it has a beautiful collar and three buttons on the bodice. It's a fitted bodice and then a long skirt. So even though I know I don't need any yarn and my conscience really doesn't allow me to keep, you know, buy large projects worth of yarn a lot, um, but if you promise not to tell my conscience, I'll let you in on a little secret. I went ahead and ordered all 1,800 yards of Cascade Venezia to make this coat. What? Oh no, it's my conscience. I heard you. Did you say you ordered more yarn? Well, yeah, but, huh. you know, I, but I really like this coat. Are you kidding me? You disgust me. But have you have you seen the coat? It's it's amazing. Yeah, that's what you said about all those other sweater projects. I've seen those plastic bins, and I think you have enough sweaters. Well, I I know. Oh but, yeah. You know I I but I, huh. it's not that bad. I I. Why? Why did you do it? Well, I I want it. Oh, give me a break. Why did you do it? Um. I need it. Don't be smart with me. I'm your conscience. You're supposed to listen to me. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Uh, I know. I know. Huh. Yeah, right. Do you guys see what I'm up against here? Anyway, I love the Winter Wonderland coat, and as soon as I finish one of my projects, I'm going to start it. And I promise I'm not going to let... It joined the other yarn in the plastic bins. I promise. I promise. promise. As I mentioned in the beginning, I received some really nice comments from last episode, and I was really happy about that. But unfortunately, nobody did contact me regarding sharing any of their personal knitting stories. So, as I promised last episode, 
I've got a good one for you this week. It's my own story, and hopefully this will motivate the listeners to send in their stories so that we can not just talk about me every episode here, okay? So without further delay, I present a tragic tale of a baby sweater, a pair of scissors, and a deadline. This is the story of Audrey's green hooded jacket. Audrey is my niece, and this story took place about one and a half years ago, shortly before she was born. My sister-in-law, Mallory, and I were throwing a baby shower for our other sister-in-law and for her first baby girl, Audrey. Being the knitting overachiever that I am, I had already made several gifts, but now I was working on the final piece, an adorable pea-green hooded jacket. I just knew it was going to be the hit of the baby shower. The pattern is by Debbie Bliss out of that book, Simply Baby. It was late at night, and I had to get that adorable jacket done. You see, I'm not much of a seamstress, but Mallory is, so she was going to put the lining in the jacket for me. And it was going to be a gift from the two of us. The shower was just days away, and I didn't want to burden Mallory with last-minute work. I was determined to finish. I worked late into the evening, finishing up that little hood that seemed to be taking way longer than I had expected. It was one of those hoods that was continuously knit from the sweater fronts, which afterwards needed to be seamed up the back and sewn down to the rest of the yoke. Finally, that hood was done and it was ready to be attached. It was around 1 a.m. at this point, and I was tired, but really excited about finally finishing up this adorable sweater. I contemplated getting up early to do the seaming, but decided against it. I just had to see how this sweater was going to turn out. Looking back, however, I really should have waited. My eyes were so tired that they hurt when I blinked. But as I said, I was determined. I could have this thing seamed up in 15 minutes, I thought, then I'd go to bed. I carefully examined the hood to figure out how it attached to the sweater body. I stared at it for a long time, turning the sweater this way, folding the hood in different directions and turning it that way. I attempted the sewing, but everything I tried just looked foreign and just wrong. I couldn't figure it out. Oh no, I thought. I looked at the blurry directions, full of knitting fury, and then it hit me. That Debbie Bliss. She gave me the wrong directions. This pattern, it's no good. This hood is on backwards. Ooh, I was mad. I'm always so quick to blame the pattern. This rage caused adrenaline to rush through my veins, making me feel wide awake, even though it was probably around 2 a.m. at this point. I carefully evaluated the situation and reviewed my options. Should I rip the hood out and re-knit? Oh no, no, there was no time for that. I thought about what it would look like without the hood attached, 
No, that would just throw the whole sweater off. I so badly wanted that hood with the cute fabric lining showing in the back. I had to finish that hood. So it became abundantly clear what had to be done. I reached for the sharpest scissors I could find and oh so carefully cut that hood right off. I painstakingly unraveled the yarn from both the hood and the sweater revealing the live stitches and then oh so carefully grafted those live stitches together. Wild-eyed, I admired my work. It was perfect. It looked so good. No one would ever know that I had cut it and then reattached it in the opposite direction. I couldn't believe how smart I was. I couldn't wait to tell my husband. In fact, I wished I could wake him up right then. I just imagined what I would say. Oh, hi, honey. Yeah, I know you're sleeping. I'm sorry, but it, this is this is really important. Yeah, well, um, I just want you to look at this real quick. Uh, do you see anything, say, wrong with this sweater? Well, <laughs> could you, can you believe that I cut it? Yeah, yeah, with the pair of scissors. I know. Uh, well, how did I sew it back together? Oh, just, you know, with some yarn and a needle. No big deal. Oh, I know. I know you can't find it. I know you can't tell, but yeah, I swear, right there. I promise. That's where I cut it off. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, I was good. That Debbie Bliss, she couldn't get me. I was just too smart. I have to mention that at this point in the story, it's about 3 a.m., but I didn't care. I had averted disaster and felt so accomplished. And now that my hood was facing in the right direction, not thanks to Debbie Bliss, I looked down at my instructions. Hmm. I looked at the sweater. Oh. Huh. What? I looked back down at the directions. Uh, what's going on? Huh. A sinking feeling of dread overcame me as I realized that hood, it was on correctly the first time. Well, don't worry everyone. That baby jacket made it in one piece to the baby shower, and Audrey looked so cute wearing it last winter. If you'd like to see a picture of the green hooded jacket, you can find it on my Ravelry page, and I'll be posting a link in the show notes. So, that's the kind of stories I'm looking for. If anybody has a story like that, please email me. Just send me a story proposal, a few sentences letting me know what your story is about, and I'll email you back and let you know if it's right for the podcast. Hopefully we can get one of your stories up on the podcast for the next episode. Well, that's it for today. Just to remind everyone, the show notes for this podcast can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. I'm also over on Ravelry as Never Not Knitting. And if you'd like to email me about the podcast, please do so at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. And if you liked episode two, please be sure to leave a comment. 
I really like to know who's out there listening. So thanks, everyone. I'll see you next time. She won't even do the dishes. The house plants, they're all dead. Yeah, her needles are a-clickin' From morning until she goes to bed She won't take the time to brush her teeth Let's not even talk about her hair If it isn't about knitting She just doesn't really care Never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. Stop rubbing again. She just won't stop the stitching, and the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now she doesn't knit. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants. No shirts. No underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters And more socks than they could ever wear There's yard in the fridge In the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry It's even in the washer and dryer That's why she can't do any laundry I need some clothes She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. I'm filing for divorce. She just won't stop her stitching, and the neighbors say it's really getting bad. She's taking pictures of socks again. Oh, poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Call 911. Her husband says, "Get up, let's go." But she can't set down her project She says Just let me finish up this row She's never not knitting And it's making her husband mad mad. She just won't stop her stitching And, well, she's losing all she had